Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. An Erio's original. Each week, we decide who's to blame for a historical tragedy. And each week, you tell us if we got it right. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and this is The Aftermath. The Aftermath. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of The Aftermath. Today we'll be speaking with guest expert Kristen Meisner. She's a Royals expert and host of By the Book podcast as well as Movie Therapy. This is a podcast where people write in with their problems and Kristen and her co-hosts prescribe them movie recommendations to help them. Now let's hear what she has to say about Princess Diana and her relationship with the royal family. Hi Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me back again. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, you are our uh, royal, uh, in-house royal expert, so we're happy to have you. Oh my gosh, I'm so honored to have that title. Wow, I'll take it. (laughs) So in our episode, we focused more on the crash and spent less time talking about Diana's marriage and her relationship to the royals. I was hoping that we could get some background on a few things, And, and first off, Uh, As far as we know, what was her marriage like with Charles? Well, I always like to preface this by pointing out that she and Charles started dating when she was only a teenager. They only went out on about a dozen dates when he proposed. And when they got married, she, the very same month they got married, turned 20. So she was really young. She was really naive. And I just think about how dumb I was when I was 19. I'm like, how does anyone have... A good relationship when you're 19, especially when you're marrying a guy in his 30s who is an internationally renowned playboy. Um, so I think she was kind of going into a tough situation from the get-go, and she was chosen partly because she was aristocracy and because, you know, she was pretty and she was considered uh, uh, likely to be a virgin and so on. And so, I mean, she was really going in for such a strange variety of reasons into this marriage. And 
by her own account, she saw herself as kind of, in retrospect, lamb to the slaughter is how she talked about it, where she was so young, so naive, and so innocent. And then entering this marriage on this international stage, not really understanding what she was signing up for. And Charles was still in love with his ex-girlfriend, Camilla Parker Bowles. And Di always said there were three people in their marriage because there was Camilla, there was Charles, and there was herself. And, you know, she did her princessly duties. She produced an heir and a spare. And she wore nice dresses and she cut ribbons. And she was the patron of over 100 charities. And she did the best she could. But, you know, the marriage was pretty much set up for failure from the get go. What was her relationship like with the queen then during this time? And why was she viewed as such a rebel? Or was she? One thing that I really love about Diana is she kind of ushered in a new era for royals where, you know, we all know the stiff upper lip, uh, the stoicism of the royals. You just carry on. You you just do your job. And Diana wasn't exactly on board with all of that. She was much more uh, modern in the sense that she knew that there should be a balance between doing your duty and also being human. And she brought a little bit of that humanness out in the open, uh, her vulnerability, her sadness, her insecurities, a lot of those things, she let just enough leak out so people could see her as human and not just as a royal. And that's not really the way things had ever been done before then. And, you know, you see that nowadays this is very much a part of the branding of the royal family. You show a little bit of your humanness, but then you do your duty. But before Diana, that wasn't very often the case. So was she close to any other members of the royal family? Oh, absolutely. I mean, her friendship with Fergie was legendary. I should mention Sarah Ferguson, if you're not familiar with the royal family, uh, was married to Prince Andrew. And they were very distant cousins, Diana and Sarah Ferguson, although Diana was also distant cousins with Charles. So uh, all of these royals, <laughs> as we know, are all related to each other. Um, but Yikes. Diana and Sarah knew each other in passing prior to them both being married into the family. But once they were both there, they really had a great deal of fun together. One thing that um, they got made fun of for quite a bit was they were photographed poking people's bottoms with their umbrellas once and laughing their heads off. I mean, these two got up to all sorts of no good together. They had so much fun. And then they really helped each other through their very difficult marriages and divorces. And, you know, in the end, as soon as both their divorces were finalized, they went off on vacation together. They were very tight until about a year before Diana died. And there's speculation that that might be because Diana didn't like that Sarah's memoirs maybe told a little bit too much about her friendship with Diana. Ah, but so how did these this divorce go down for Diana? As we all know, um, it didn't take long for the shine to uh, go yeah. sour on their marriage. You know, in the first three years, they had the two boys. And then not long after, he was resuming his affair again with Camilla Parker Bowles, his one true love. And then she began to have affairs. And then uh, conversations started getting leaked to the press. And then they started actually sitting down and giving interviews to the press about, all sorts of things behind the scenes with these two. I mean, I, I don't think any of us will ever forget when Charles was caught saying that he wished that he were a tampon so that he could be inside Camilla Parker Bowles all the time. I mean, oh my there, was some, th 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 there was some crazy stuff being leaked. Lots and lots of stuff that most of us wouldn't want out there. And specifically, you would not want that out there if you come from a stiff upper lip family like the royals. Mm -hmm. And the queen doesn't like that. Nobody likes that, but especially the queen. 
So after the divorce, how had Diana's life changed and how was her relationship with Charles? Well, I mean, she did lose her HRH styling, which it's been said that the queen wanted her to keep it as the mother of the future queen, but Charles fought for that to be removed. So she became instead Diana, Princess of Wales. And she reduced her workload. The number of charities that she was a patron for went from well over 100 to just a handful. But she continued to live on palace property. She continued to be a devoted mother. Um, But fortunately, she got to have a different kind of private life that was separate from Charles and separate from the royals. And, you know, she was in her mid-30s, an age where a lot of people around the world still haven't been married yet. And she already was divorced with two kids. And she was trying to, you know, live the life of a vibrant 30 something person who was living in London, and maybe even trying to tap into having a little bit of those years of the 20s that she didn't get to have when she was in her 20s. So speaking of who was Hasnat Khan? And why did he break Diana's heart? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Hasnat Khan, the great British Pakistani heart surgeon who All of her friends said he was the love of her life. She used to call him Mr. Wonderful. They dated for almost two years, but very, very, very privately. And almost nobody knew about this romance. Uh, They really were able to have a private, deep, secretive, loving relationship. And as far as the two of them breaking up, there are, you know, different reasons behind that. One of the main theories is just that he wanted to continue to be a private citizen and have a private life and to not be in the public eye and deal with public scrutiny. And you can't be with Diana and avoid the press. That's just going to be a part of your relationship, whether you like it or not, if you're going to be with her. Now, speaking of Dodie, her... uh boyfriend afterward. What background can you give us on Dodi Fayed and what was he like? Why did he why did Diana fall for him? There are a few different theories about that. So uh <laughs> Dodi was filthy rich. He was the son of an Egyptian billionaire. He owned Herod's department store. He owned the Ritz in Paris. He he owned a lot of stuff as a billionaire's son tends to own a lot of stuff. Um But they were only together for a couple of months. By some accounts, he was really just the rebound guy after Dr. Khan. Um, You know, so, you know, there there are other people, of course, who like to think, oh, she was pregnant at the time and they were madly in love and they were going to get married. But I kind of doubt that. It really was just a very brief period they were together. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that in under two months they would have had that level of seriousness going on. But, you know... I could could be wrong. I I was not there, but I just know that most people in two months are not pregnant and planning their wedding. (laughs) So it sounds like baloney. Sounds like those rumors were just not true about her being pregnant and engaged. I just don't think so. And again, you know, not long before then, she was just heartbroken and madly in love with Mr. Wonderful still. And, you know, it sounds like she was just having fun. And why not have fun with the billionaire's son and jet set around the world and be on his yacht and have a great time? Again, she never got to do any of those things in her 20s. And not that I was doing those things in my 20s. But, um, you know, if you are a member of the aristocracy with loads of money, why, why shouldn't you be able to have those fun things like being on yachts and traveling the world? And, you know, Diana didn't get to do that. And in her 30s, she got to and he may have just been another boyfriend of many boyfriends. 
I'm hoping that my fun on a yacht period is in my 40s because I want something to look forward to. <laughs> oh my to. gosh. I will join you. If that if that's in our stars, I will join you. We'll be in our 40s on a yacht. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. So regarding the accident, why did Dodie ask Henry Paul to come back to the Ritz? This is This is just you know, haunting me. And, and why did he ask him to drive that night, even though he was off the clock? Can you give us any clarity on this? Paul was an employee of the Ritz, and he'd been driving Dodie and Die earlier in the day. He was given the evening off. But he was supposedly called back because Dodie and Die's other driver just couldn't shake the paparazzi when he tried to take them to dinner. Um, that's the story I've always understood to be the case where, yeah, he did have the night off. He'd already done his work that day. But you know, they needed a very special kind of driver who was used to dealing with the paparazzi. And so that's why he was called back. Are any of the rumors true that the royal family would have ordered a hit on them, you know, for uh, for uh, because she was dating Dodie? Is there any validity to that? I don't think so. And here's why. Because they had been dating such a brief amount of time. I mean, Seriously, I, I've had lunches that have lasted longer this relation, than this relationship. I mean, you know, I, I, I just I can't imagine that they would have a hit out on him. And besides that, if they wanted to have a hit out on somebody who um, they considered unsuitable, there was already Mr. Wonderful in her past who, you know, mm. wasn't a billionaire. He was a doctor. <laughs> and Mr. Wonderful was Muslim. And there, there's like a lot of other reasons why if they were going to want to off Diana and anyone, it would have been with Mr. Wonderful, aka Dr. Khan. Um, and by the way, when I mention uh, the Muslim aspect of this, it's because it was rumored that some members of the family and specifically Dai's side of the family weren't 100% cool with her dating a man who was Muslim. But I digress. I will say I know why people speculate that they put a hit out on her. Um, one of the reasons is because Diana at one point actually did believe that Charles was going to kill her. She believed that Charles wanted to be with their nanny at one point and that he would kill her so he could be with the nanny. That's something that she was um, documented as saying. But then on top of that, I think people want to believe it's true because Charles and the rest of the family seemed so callous and unfeeling compared to her. And Charles was so cruel to her in so many ways, and um, yet most of the press loved to focus on her. They loved following her. They loved photographing her. They loved doing anything uh, from making fun of her and ridiculing her to celebrating her, and they were so hyper-focused on her where if you were Charles, I could see feeling possibly overshadowed by that. And mm -hmm. Di even said when she was alive that, Anytime she started to blossom, he just stomped her down again. He wouldn't he he was not pleased with any kind of growth she had or any of the limelight that she took away from him. And too bad, wow. Charles. The world likes Diana more than you. Sorry, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> and I think they still do. Is that bad to say? Am I in the no. wrong here? No, you're not in the wrong here. And I think part of the reason why is that, you know. There are people, including Diana, she even said at one point on the record that she wasn't 100% sure that Charles would be a suitable king. He is a little bit, uh, you know, 
he is in some ways, I just want to say this, um, on board with a lot of things that I agree with, like environmentalism, for example. He was ahead of the curve on that. But then in other things that you need a king to be, someone who stands up and he's never stood up to his mother, for example. Um, mm. And I get it. She's the queen. It's hard to stand up to the queen. But you do have to forge your own path. And in some ways, you have to be your own person in order to be seen as a leader. And he hasn't ever really shown himself that way, where he's really forged his own path or done his own thing. Or, you know, like I even think about the fact that he's married to die. It's because his mom didn't really like Camilla and didn't think she was suitable. And who cares? Maybe you should just marry her anyway. <laughs> All of this could have been avoided if he would have just married Camilla. And maybe your mom would get used to it. Maybe she wouldn't. I don't know. But you were madly in love with her. You married her in the end anyway. How great would it have been if in your 30s you would have married her rather than wait three decades later and then finally do it? I mean... You're uh, so right. I mean, he could have been having fun on a yacht with Camilla. Yes, yes, the whole time. And he was, he was, but he was doing it like secretly, but not so secretly. And my God, if he would have just stood up to his mom and said, I love her, I don't care if she's not a virgin. Yes, I've had sex with her. That's all there is to it. I'm marrying her. We're two grown people in our 30s. If I want to marry her, I'm going to marry her. You know, how great would that have been? Yeah, that, that would have been a fairy tale. That would have yeah. been a fairy tale. Also, how sad is it? Like, can you imagine? Like, we all know people like this. You're in your 30s and can't stand up to your parents. Like, come on. Uh, Charles, don't be that person, Charles. Stand up to your freaking don't. parents. God, <laughs> don't be a man, baby. Yes, he was. He really was. And it's taken him so long. But, you know, what can you do? So uh, what was Di's relationship with the paparazzi at the time of the accident? Um, I know that she'd been a public figure for almost two decades, but why had things escalated at that point? Oh, my gosh. Poor Diana. Things were bad and good with her, with the paparazzi her entire life. I mean, I remember as a little kid, some of the headlines, like at one point she was called Dynasty Die because her hair was too big and her sleeves were too puffy and they were making fun of her. And at one point they called her the Princess of whales, as in the giant sea mammal, because God forbid she gained 10 pounds while she was pregnant with one of her sons. They were so cruel to her all the time. And at the same time, they also celebrated her and her fashion, but also made fun of her fashion. And she was dealing with this constant scrutiny her entire life. And then it just got worse and worse and worse and worse because, you know, she and Charles, uh, things were getting leaked about them. And then they started uh, giving interviews to the press themselves. And then so it seemed almost as if they were cooperating with the press, but they hated the press. So, you know, there was this very complicated relationship. And they needed the press in some ways to get the word out about their charities and to create their public image. But they also were tormented constantly by the press. It was so hard. And I mean, they were photographing Diana at all sorts of times in her life, not just in the end, in a way that was very, very, very invasive. I mean, when she was pregnant with William, I think it was, they like used a long lens camera to take a, a photo of her in a bikini while she was pregnant, which the queen, who never speaks out against the press, put out a statement. She was so offended. Wow. So from a very early time, Diana was really victimized by the press. Now, how have things changed? Oh, not at all. They are just really? as bad. I mean, I in particular, I think about poor, wonderful Princess Meghan Markle, who we all love. Princess Meghan yeah. Markle, who is the best thing that has ever happened to this royal family. And 
She was a self-made woman. She was smart. She was a feminist. She already was working with charities. She was very good with the press. She was all sorts of things that you would think would help with this next generation of royal to modernize. And, oh, she's also mixed race, which, you know, the royal family has never had that unless you want to count uh, Princess Charlotte, who it was never 100% confirmed that she was part black. But um, Meghan Markle should have been widely received as a breath of fresh air. And she has just been tormented from the get-go by the media. She, I mean, I don't know if you remember this, but when Prince Harry and Meghan were dating, there were headlines in the newspapers saying that she was, you know, straight out of the hood and um, things that were outright racist and sexist to the point where Harry actually put out a public statement. This is the first time any member of the royal family has done this for someone that isn't actually in the family. They were just dating at the time, essentially telling the tabloid press to cease and desist. And they have not stopped. They have chased Meghan and Harry down. They essentially chased them out of the country. Meghan and Harry knew that they had to leave the royal family in order to have some semblance of happiness in their lives because they were being driven to misery by the tabloid press. And even after they left, they've still been chased by the press. The press have done things like use long lens cameras to photograph their son on private property. They've done things like that. Um, They've published private letters between Megan and her dad. And, you know, it's just terrible. So on top of everything that Diana went through, uh, you know, the invasion of privacy, the cruelty and so on, I just want to reiterate, there's also that layer of racism. And so I would say it's probably even worse. I initially said it's just as bad, but it's it's worse. (laughs) Wow, I mean, w- good for Harry for standing up for Meghan and and even even before they were engaged. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, just how terrible that he's had to go through all of this and and leave his own country just so that he can have some sort of normalcy. Yeah. Yeah, it's so sad, but I mean, the silver lining here is that long before Meghan was even in the picture back in his military days, Harry already said that he wished that he could be just a regular citizen. He said the happiest he ever was was in the military where nobody cares about his titles or if he's a prince. He just gets to be Harry. And he really just loved the idea of someday having a normal life and he knew he couldn't. But now he kind of is. And in a Mm. way, I like to think that Meghan kind of was the princess who came in and rescued him from the tower and took him away because that's kind of what he wanted. Oh, that's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) So at the end of the day, if you had to pick one person or it can be a concept as well, that is to blame for Diana's death, who or what would that be? Well, the paparazzi were obviously driving recklessly. I don't know if you've ever been chased by vehicles before, if you've ever been on the freeway (laughs) while a bunch of cars are chasing you. It's scary. It's really scary. And so, you know, I can I, I can blame the paparazzi to a certain extent. Their driver, Mr. Paul, he was driving too fast. He was trying to evade them. By some accounts, he was under the influence of drugs and alcohol. I wish that he was driving more carefully. I wish he would have, you know, even mm-hmm. if that meant he had to face the paparazzi, I wish he would have just stopped the car and then started driving 20 miles per hour instead of, you know, the speed that he was going, which was way beyond the speed limit. Um, I don't want to blame the victim here, but Princess Di and Dodie were not wearing their seatbelts. And yeah. God, I really wish they would have been wearing their seatbelts. 
Um, but long before all that, I just want to blame Charles. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Oh, <laughs> dude, dude, Charles, you should have stood up to your mom. You should have married the woman you loved. You really should not have dragged this teenage girl into this ridiculous charade of a marriage filled with public scrutiny and misery. Charles, if you would have just stood up for yourself, none of this would have happened. I mean, he was 30 at the time. He, re- he, he should have done that. He really should have been the stronger, smarter guy in the room. Yeah, come on. She's a teenager. Oh, God, really? <laughs> God, well, Charles. Well, Charles. It's- I mean, I know he's growing up now, but yeah, it only took you until you were in your 70s, dude. Come on. <laughs> oh, wow, he's in his 70s. That's right. I was going to say he was in his 50s, but you're right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He looks great, though. Darn it. (laughs) He's got... (laughs) Oh, well, Kristen, it's shocking. You've shocked us. But I take your point, and we will have to discuss and see if this changes our verdict. Um, So I have to thank you so much for joining us today and uh, giving us your expertise on the royal family. Oh, it was a delight. Thank you so much for having me back. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Good morning, Rebecca. And fact checker, Chris Smith. Hey, hello. 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 <laughs> it's the morning here while we're recording. So 
we're just having our first cup of coffee together. It's and also, delightful. And also, if you hear any work in the background, we're having the house painted. Mm. So, yes. So she- there's a lot going on as the holidays approach for all of us. Well, right. <laughs> the guys are chipping away at the paint on the exterior of our house, much like we are chipping away at the truth behind the death of Princess Di. That's so true. Oh, God, that's good. <laughs> well i'm good for about one of those a year so <laughs> despite despite being a very popular famous podcast personality i really don't provide much more of those yes. type of wordplay yeah. or anything like that how many uh emails are you getting per day about just being a From famous fact checker yeah i get an average if you do it across 10 years, I get an average of 0.001 per day. Oh, across 10 years. <laughs> okay, so, so very math, famous. I get out. it. Very, very famous. Yes. <laughs> now, what did you guys think about Kristen's uh, imp- insight into, you know, Diana's history, her relationship with Charles, the queen, the paparazzi? I mean, she was just uh, a, a wealth of information. Yeah, I think she really sort of contextualized uh, the relationship between Diana and the royal family, which I think is so helpful to sort of understand what led to Diana's death. Because it is like, yeah, I think we took, uh, you know, the point of view of like, who's literally responsible. And we touched on the bigger picture. But I think this sort of put it reframed it for me. So I found it very interesting. Yeah. And also the, you know, the fact that the paparazzi has never had a good relationship with a royal to me was pretty telling and informative. And it made me feel good about our our um, verdict, right? Yeah, she she brought up the three big ones that we kept up on the board for the longest. Yes. The seatbelts, the paparazzi, and the driver. So those... You know, it, it was good to have her just reiterate and 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 confirm that we're, we were on the right track. But her shocking, you know, choice for who to blame. What did you guys think? I mean, I was excited because we obviously, and you even called it out, Rebecca. We didn't go hard on Charles. In fact, mm-hmm. I think we forgot to even put him on the board until we you know, had already started deliberations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And just to remind the audience, we ended up sending tabloid publishers to jail Mm -hmm. and uh, we slapped Paul, the driver. Um, But I, I do think, you know, Charles made he the thing is he didn't make bad choices it's just he didn't make his own choices and it led to him making bad choices, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And isn't that just as bad You know, because all we have in life are our choices. And if we're just not thinking bigger picture, I feel like he just, he was in the moment. It was like, what's going to get me through today? What's going to get me through the next month? How will I I, I get through this? He's not thinking of like bigger picture and he's not making choices based on the bigger picture. It's like, well, mom wants me to get married. So I got to get married now. And let me just pick the one that she wants me to marry, as opposed to being like, okay, well, thinking like, I'm going to be married to this person for like, the rest of my life. So I should probably think about that and consider, 
you know, consider mom what she wants, but also consider like what I'm going to have to deal with. So just like his inability to think bigger picture. And also what's frustrating about the situation is that he got to have his cake and eat it too. He never stood up. He never stood up to his mommy. He never stood up to mommy. And, (laughs) and, and he gave mommy the, what she wanted, which was the, the virgin daughter-in-law. Let's let's just Ew, be real. Bro, it's just I so know. gross. That, but that then what was also was, yeah. That was shocking the, too. The virgin element. Yeah. Yeah, was, and it was a big part of them choosing her because it meant you know quote she didn't have baggage. She didn't come with any baggage. Yes, gross. And then in the wake of that, he gets back with Camila, right? So it just sort of like. He just got everything he wanted in the situation, and it just is frustrating. Like, it'd be one thing if he and Diana were still together and he was living sort of this unhappy marriage life. I don't know that that's a good, that that would be any good for anyone, but, (laughs) you know... At the same time, he just got to get get, this guy needs it. If anybody deserves a slap and, uh, you know, I think, come on, like this guy should get slapped. I don't know. I think we almost should send him to jail. Ooh. Now, this is interesting because I, as much as I agree with that, I'm also like, but you know what? Like he was born into this establishment and it takes Mm. a lot. It's a lot to ask for someone to like break the norms when you're a part of a royal family. And then you see, you know, when we've all watched The Crown, like when that king who abdicated did that, you become sort of a laughing stock. And so there's really a lot of stakes and a lot at risk for him to have stood up against his mother. Now, I have to say, I'm actually shocked we never put the queen on the board. Hmm. We didn't? We put the royal, the mystery of the, the royal, royal family, but not the. Mm. We didn't really talk much about the queen. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's interesting. I mean, it's what's interesting about the queen is how much she's changed because mm. she has allowed Charles and Harry. I'm sorry, not Charles, William and Harry to marry. You know, they. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. Common plebs. (laughs) Yeah, but kind of. I mean, William married his college sweetheart, and Harry married the divorced uh, uh, actress and kind of like uh, American. It feels like they were able to choose. I don't think the queen picked those for them. Do you think the death of Princess Diana had anything to do with shifting in the queen's perspective in terms of marrying into the royal family? Yes. I think she saw the destruction that, you know, number one happened with Charles, where he wasn't allowed to marry the person he wanted to marry. And number two, that the, you know, well, I don't know if she's really realized what the paparazzi has done, but just how how, uh, being unhappy in a marriage could really ruin the royal family. It's actually, in, in a way... It's not for the good of of the of the of the family, you know, thriving. So you would say, much like the white Fiat left its mark on the car, <laughs> the death of Princess Di has left its mark on the yes, queen? a tiny, tiny white mark, allegedly. Uh, yeah, and what I like about that is that it's a Fiat. It's like a plebes, a plebes uh, car. 
Now, I want to remind everyone, because Kristen mm-hmm. brought up some great parallels between the press uh, with Diana and the press with Meghan Markle and Harry. And we did cover Mexit. So if you haven't listened to our episode on that, go back and do, because we sent, and this is a reminder, the British royal family to jail for Mexit. So they're all sitting there. They're there. I just want to let you know, Rebecca, if that affects what you're going to do right now, that the, the British royal family is in the alarmist jail. Oh, I, I, I take Already. your point. I take your point. And also, I just want to circle back and say, Rebecca called a Fiat a plebes car, and we own a Fiat. <laughs> well, I consider myself a plebe. Just, just so I our, am a plebe, so and that's okay. audience pictures Rebecca saying that. As I drive away in my Fiat. Well, just in your mind's eye, just rem- just imagine Rebecca rolling down the window of her Fiat, yelling at another Fiat, you know, you, you plebe. <laughs> that's good. That's good to know. Just in case you offended anyone, just oh, know she's actually talking about herself. It's not like yeah. she's driving away in like a Mercedes. Well, I can say it's a plebes car because I drive one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, get, I take your point, though, Amanda. They're already sitting in 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 the slammer. They're mm. cozy in the slammer, and perhaps. We take uh, Charles out for the afternoon and give him a bunch of like slap. We we go cha 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 cha. You Ooh. know. Okay, so you want us to pull him out of jail for a special like um or, or just like take him to the cafeteria in the middle of the cafeteria. Ooh, and maybe we like st- like put t- like kind of like a bully, like you take his face and you just like push it in his mashed potatoes or something. <laughs> Whoa, the big smash! The, the big, big smash! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, in honor of Thanksgiving, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and this is coming out on Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving. isn't it? <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, I-, I have to call it. We don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> British tabloids, get cozy in your slammer because you're staying. And Charles, you're getting the big mash. Whatever in love means. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to hear what sound effect you chose you choose for that. I might have to specially you, record one yes, using exactly. mashed potatoes. Do a little fo- Foley work at home. <laughs> cook the mashed potatoes first. But like make Matt smash his okay, face Matt, mashed come potatoes. Here. <laughs> Matt's going to be so happy. (laughs) Honestly, that's the way to do it. (laughs) Well, I really hope that everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving and spends it with their in-home fam, (laughs) in-house fam. And, uh, well, you can always, you know, write in and, and, and tell us what you're thankful for. (laughs) Just send each other text. We're going to, the alarmy should be sending each other texts. You know, what are we thankful for to each other? Yeah. And on our discord page, you basically can so that the, if you want to join discord, the links in the bio and our page is really, I mean, there's a lot of activity on the discord. I got to say. yeah. Is is thankfulness the opposite of alar- uh, uh, being alarmed? Is like the, being no. thankful for something the opposite of being alarmed? No, by you can only have you can only be alarmed by things if you're thankful for the if you know what you're thankful for. You can't you can't disconnect. They have to go hand in hand. Mm, interesting. I like because that. you don't know you don't know what to be. You can't just be alarmed at everything. Then you're an unreliable alarmist. Mm. You got to know the good stuff. You got to know what's good. So that you know what the bad stuff is. You know what you can lose. That's right. Mm. So, 
put that in a fiat Thank and, you. and drive away. Drive into away, the you plebe. <laughs> it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Does. It? it does. Well, when I, you're this I'm, good, it does. <laughs> I I I gotta say, I'm thankful for producer Amanda and fact checker Chris oh. um, this Thanksgiving, and I'm I'm thankful for the alarmy because our listenership has really grown, and together we're becoming smarter and becoming. Uh, our, our our alarmist skills are getting fine tuned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this is true. It's getting easier. I have to say, and it's also you know, it's uh, it helps with coping with with the things we're alarmed by, right? To talk about them, to listen to other people talk about them, mm-hmm. to listen to the experts on the issue. That, oh, I love you know, an expert. <laughs> information can help sort of be a salve to these worrying times. Wow, I am on fire today. <laughs> you really are, honestly. Oh, God, turn his mic off. <laughs> but, you know, it is true. We just had a listener write in and say, I've, uh, hey, I've always been a fr- I've I have scale anxiety, just like Oscar. <gasps> yeah, just like oh, our guest wow. Oscar. She was like, I never knew other people had it, but that's, I have that too. So, look, you're not alone out there with your anxiety. We have it too. <laughs> We sure do. <laughs> and we cope with it by smashing Prince Charles's face into mashed potatoes. <laughs> um, oh, boy. So, okay, well, tune in next week. We'll be discussing the Tuskegee experiment. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.